Welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelylea.com or at thelovelylea on Instagram so we can connect. Elizabeth Tripp is a lifestyle design coach and a spiritual teacher and has worked with hundreds of people who, like her, have felt broken inside. Instead of being stuck in the pain, she guides them to get to the source of it, how to let it go, learn their soul lessons, and transforms their lives. She is known for her unique capacity for sensing and understanding the feelings of others, as well as the ability to feel and communicate with spirit guides, past loved ones, and your soul's energy. Each experience with her is a bespoke opportunity to discover a permanent solution to one's obstacles and helps creating a life you'll never want to walk away from. As a featured radio talk show host on Talk Radio NYC and a Thrive Global contributor and a national speaker, she's recognized as an emergent thought leader in spirituality, well-being, relationships, joy, and prosperity. She holds a master's degree in nutritional sciences and a certified Reiki practitioner, as well as a past life regressionist and transcendental meditation coach. And today we are talking about living your life by design, not only in theory, but how your home has a big influence on those outcomes and reflects what's happening within. Please welcome Elizabeth to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we have the lovely Elizabeth Tripp. She is I got a beautiful website and talks about living your life by your design. How are you doing, girl? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much, Aaliyah, for seeing the value of my work and inviting me to come on today. I'm so excited to talk. Awesome. Well, I, I'm excited because as you guys know who've listened, we are talking about something that I'm very very passionate about, um, which is home design, um, mindset by home design, kind of like looking into how your space can be spiritually designed, feng shui, kind of all the elements of like how your home can reflect the state of your heart and the state of your vibe. Um, So, which is like my favorite thing because um, for me, home, like just, just being in the home, I'm not like a complete homebody, but, um, I've had to move every year since 2009 into mm. a new space. And so after bouncing around space to space to space of over a decade, um, I've gotten really good at being able to, to solidify how my temporary home looks so I can feel good in that home, being an empath, being super sensitive to different energies, sensitive to even, even objects, um, in the home, I've figured out what is the best way for me to be able to, to be in this space and not let it take up mental energy. Clutter was always an issue, uh, growing up in our home. Um, and then me having this space that I was like, okay, I want it to be minimal, but I want it to be sentimental. I want it to reflect the things that I love. And then as soon as I got into spirituality and crystals, like it was a wrap, like there's crystals fucking everywhere in my place. Um, (laughs) 
and I have to clear them often and make sure they're dusted and that kind of thing. So um, just before we, before we really get into the nitty gritty of that, kind of tell everybody your background and your story of what brought you to this point in your life and, and turned you into this coach that helps people live the life that they, they want to design. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great place to start so everybody can kind of connect the dots as to um, where I bring them in the design of their home. So um, my story begins uh, all the way back almost 30 years ago. I was five years old um, and I can remember really laying in my childhood bed. My heart was beating. My palms were sweating. I was trying to hide underneath the covers because there were these images and, um, you know, uh, apparitions that were coming to talk with me. And as a little girl, I had no clue what to do with that. And and so I was trying to hide from, you know, what we as adults call ghosts mm-hmm. um, and was completely scared out of my mind. So when the sun would come up and it felt safe for me to kind of go down the staircase and tell my mom what was going on, I, I would say, mom, mom, you know, there were monsters in my room and they were trying to get me and, and I, I didn't know what to do. And, and can you and dad come and, and you know, get them out. And my mom and dad, you know, they're wonderful people, but just were not blessed with the, the, the tools to be able to handle this kind of information. One, it scared them. And, and two, they just had no idea what to do with, you know, the, the sensitive child as I was, the gifted child that I was. And so they just told me, you know, it was really my imagination. And hearing that over and over again, because these experiences uh, didn't stop, they only continued, I pretty much started to believe, you know, there must be something wrong with me then. And that really started to define the way that I saw myself. I accepted this to be true. And as a result, I started to feel very uncomfortable in myself and who I was. And I needed a way to release that uncomfortability, which I thought could happen when I ate. So I would use food as a, as a way to comfort myself. And I looked around and I saw other people doing that. So it was really easy for me to reach to the chips and cookies to soothe and, and bring um, you know comfort to me. But the side effect of that was that I gained weight and I became then bigger than the other kids, the other boys and girls in my school. And we know that boys and girls, when we're little, are not that nice. And I was teased, uh, obviously, and and made to feel in those experiences that being bigger was bad. So this belief that I carried uh, that there was something wrong with me really was confirmed. It was made to be true. And um, I lived the majority of my life carrying that belief and carrying these experiences of being teased and unaccepted to even when I was super skinny and people saying that I was beautiful and and amazing, uh, that questioning and doubting if I was really even beautiful because I felt truly ugly and that there was something broken about me. So this led me, um, Aaliyah, to really look to others to put me back together again and to think that I needed to define my value, who I was, based off of the opinions and beliefs of other people. And let me tell you, (laughs) that didn't work out so great. It, in fact, made me feel like I was living like a fraud, like who I was wasn't okay, and that I had to prove myself and be what everyone told me I should be. And 
I lived this way for up until I was about 30 years old. And then I ultimately hit rock bottom through a very uh, tumultuous relationship that I was in that had ended um, and catapulted me into a space of deep depression and, and just, uh, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to carry forward. Like I felt as though what was the point of living if I was going to live this way? And this incredible, incredible uh, journey led me to a beautiful mentor through a friend just kind of showing up at my apartment. I was in New York at the time and saying, you got to get in the car. You have to meet someone, know what is going on with you, but you're, you're needing something really to shift you out of what you're in. So I said yes, and I ended up meeting my teacher now of five years, a mentor of mine that I've been studying under, and our work has quite literally transformed my life. He enabled me to look into my story, look into my past, my experiences, and help me understand where someone's opinion or reaction to me or the experience that I was in impacted acted me because it takes one experience to change a person's perception of themselves. And he helped me understand from a soul level why I experienced that and the significance of it and how I could take what I had experienced and let go of the pain and transform it into wisdom and really take back my power to be who I was and express my talents of seeing spirit, talking to spirit, channeling spirit and use it as a way to transform the world. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is exactly what I want to do. And through that work, he helped me really start to believe in myself, but also the power of my own thoughts and feelings about myself and how when I hold a really steady and beautiful perception of who I am against all of the opinions and reactions other people can have of me, I am unstoppable. And I can create a life that really is amazing for me. And so I can live my life by design. Yeah. Yeah. So I do that for other people. (laughs) It's so on brand. Um, It's cool though, because to get to hear, I mean, we have kind of similar story. Really? um, Of just like, um, you know, that being that child who saw things and had those sensitivities and then had them suppressed or told that you were crazy or weird or whatever. I also had the the weight thing with the eating disorder. And I went from both sides of the scale, super, super skinny, you know, worked out all the time and then to like have to eat to prove that I didn't have the eating disorder anymore. It was a whole thing. So, um, so to segue into that, so like you, you got a chance to see how the opinion of others and like the suppression of self and got into a space through your teacher to find where a way that you could take up space in a way that you could, uh, you know, deepen your relationship with yourself. So your validity wasn't contingent upon the opinion of others and yeah. that, and moved into a coaching space where you help other people discover that. Right. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Yeah. Well, so now that we will segue into the space thing, cause a lot of people, I, I don't know if they really understand how your home has a, has a huge effect on your spiritual well being. Um, for myself, like I noticed, uh, especially when I had to, when I was living with other people, how that would affect my own energy in incredible or toxic ways and trying to find a way to make sure and 
manifest a space that when I looked at it visually, the clutter wasn't taking up my own mental energy. Or um, you said on one of your podcasts that I was listening to how someone could have a home that had a lot of natural light in it, but like upon being there, it felt like it was still kind of dark and murky. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It reflects the energy and the mindset of the person who lives there. So yeah. if, can you talk a little bit deeper about that before we get into actual design, um, just about being in someone's space and what that reflects in their vibration? Sure. Well, what, how I currently see it, you know, the design of your home is a measuring tool for your well-being, And I, I, I don't think people are talking about it in this way. In fact, I've never heard someone really Per, you know, put it in those words. But what that essentially means is think about it like this. So you're driving a car and the speedometer tells you, you know, how fast you're going. Well, what if, you know, the ambience of your home is like this barometer measuring your well-being? or not, right? Your your mental well-being or not, your spiritual well-being or not, or the health of your relationships or not. So really what that's saying is is as you look at your space, you can see your space is reflecting back to you your own feelings and perceptions of yourself and your life. Um, and so when I go into somebody's home, when I say that I see their mindset reflected back to me, that's exactly what I'm noticing is how the flow of their space is set up, the real energy of the space and taking that and really applying it then to the individual and seeing into where they're at in their own life? What are they going through emotionally? What are they, um, you know, moving through spiritually? Um, where is the health of, of their relationships with themselves and others? And that's exactly what a space can show me. So when, like, can you give us an example not to like, uh, make the, the confidentiality of your clients. Um, yeah. You don't have to be so specific, but like, what are some common things that you may see when you walk sure. in that kind of identify what's the the energetic and or emotional state of a person? Sure, absolutely. So I'll give you my own personal experience. So, um, you know, for, let's see, um, about four years from 2015 to about 2019, I was so excited to move from this um, little tiny space on the Upper West Side. It had no windows, my room. It was, you know, very old. It was built in the 1890s. I had three other roommates. Um, it was really um, a spacious place, but it lacked love and lacked um, unity. And so as I moved out of that space and into a bedroom, right, this was almost five years ago with windows that were almost floor to ceiling, the sun could shine in. There was more space in the apartment. The, the roommates that I have, they were more loving and inviting. There was an, a flow of energy within this um, uh, apartment that was vastly different than where I had come from. And the reason being was because as I left my old space on the Upper West Side, the one bedroom, no windows, very cold, um, not very warm uh, space, it was in alignment with this huge shift I was making personally in my own 
transformation to open up myself to really um, look into the health and well-being of my thoughts and, and my life. And as I started that journey, I started to create more space within myself, more light within myself, more love within myself. And here I was then moving into a home that was reflecting the exact transformation I was having internally out into my reality more light, more love, more space. And then in 2019, as I shifted in another big, huge way, I actually left that space and moved into this really incredible, spacious, very bright, airy space that even in reflected more um, succinctly the um, space and transformation that I had made over that past year. So each space I moved into became more spacious, more bright, more um, peaceful as I myself on the inside created that for myself. I love that because all I can do is reflect back to my apartment that I had in New York and it was a fucking mess. Um, there's like, I still had design elements. So when uh, me and my ex-husband had a house there, it was like kind of light and airy, but there was a lot of these kind of uh, stereotypical luxury items of like, yeah. I don't know what the print is called, but everybody had it at some point on every carpet or anything like that. And so I was trying to make the space look really opulent and rich or whatever, but it, it wasn't me. It wasn't yep. like who I was. And so it reflected more of the ways in which I was wearing this mask of who or like what I wanted the relationship to look like or whatever. And then when we like uh, we moved to New York, uh, my space had it had a very di almost similar because we had the same stuff. But when I moved out on my own, the next part, place that I had like the it was like a railroad apartment or two rooms yeah. didn't have any windows. And I was like, I lived in Greenpoint. Yeah. And, so there was no windows in the middle and that always really bothered me. There was no light here, but in the one room that got the most light in the living space, I, I painted the entire thing, ceiling included this like really bright blue. Yeah. And I think like at that point I needed like a high vibe. I was in the place where I was still trying to create my voice. So trying yep. to figure out who I was trying to speak up for myself. Um, and then there was, there was still all these accents and things and it was lots of different colors and it felt, it was it got a, a featured on apartment therapy. So like someone <laughs> like it, cool. but there was still this element of chaoticness, this, this yes. sense of ungrounding. I was up in these upper chakras and I didn't really know who I was yet. So you could see that reflected in all the different types of design that were in that one space. So when I moved back yeah. and I got my space and I was like, I just need some fucking Zen. That place was <laughs> like, I mean, it was like a, a copy and paste of Bali, basically all these Balinese yeah. accents and things like that. And then moved out, actually went to Bali. When I came back, this space is my favorite space. It is all neutral, nude kind of colors. It's light and airy. When I come out, I feel like, oh, I can breathe. You know, like I has like in that space, I've created this, this, again, a sanctuary of this clearing a feeling, but I can tell the difference in my mindset from the year when I really needed things that reflected a lot of spirituality versus when I felt like I was home. Exactly. So you can see that as you look into the old space that was reflecting more of like that Bali texture and bright colors and you feel the chaos that at the time you might not have had the, you know, awareness 
to what was really occurring for you more internally and within your own spiritual self and well-being. But as you reflect back and compare the new space that you moved into with the nudes and the neutrals and the zen and the peace, that's something that you moved through, something that you actually expanded from that experience of being in that time and space with your you know, uh, current uh, environment there actually allowed for you to open up more room, more calm, more center within yourself that we don't even sometimes consciously know happens until we are in a situation where we're reflecting back and looking at our current environment and going, ah, well, this feels good. And I like the way this feels. So you're noticing the alignment that you found with your true soul self, right? That's, that's yeah. in essence what happened. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I have some friends that come over and they lay on my floor and they're like, oh, this feels good. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I've created. I feel good now. Like I feel happy now. And it reflects myself. Um, a question I had um, sure. earlier was, does your space reflect you or does the space that you move in to influence you? Like, is it, which way is it? Or is it both? I think it's both, absolutely. But we want to remember something really important and significant that we are, as we stand in our human form, master creators of our reality. That means that, in my uh, opinion, I believe that we have an incredible source within ourselves that is connected to an incredible energy, universe, creator, God, whatever you want to call it. But it is inside of each and every human being. So as we have this incredible source within us, our mind and our thoughts and our feelings serve as an instrument to really, um, you know, uh, outwardly project this incredible power. And we can do it in a positive way or we can do it in a negative way. So we want to remember that the space absolutely is a reflection of us and it can absolutely also influence us. So if we're not in a very powerful mindset with ourselves, we can then create a space that feels small and tight and cluttered and there may be a lot um, that you see surrounding you or, you know, feelings of being dark or trapped. And obviously that can influence us to stay in that space or be sort of engulfed in that energy until we get what we call like a wake up call or a two by four in the face, as I like to call it, and learn something about ourselves that helps us move out of agreement with that energy. So that one day when we walk in, this isn't for me anymore. I've got to move or I've got to throw stuff away. I've got to toss this out. I've got to repaint. I've got to get this um, out of my apartment. Because what we want to remember is as we do the conscious transformational work on ourselves, we will find our own energy is elevated. And so many, many people that I work with, you know, will come to me and they'll be like, last weekend I threw out so much stuff, like all my clothes, you know, I rearranged my whole apartment. I can't believe I was living like that. And that's just a testament to how when we shift vibrationally into agreement with our soul, the source within us that is incredibly powerful and is, you know, a, has an ability to masterfully create, we can design our life in our outward way very easily. Wow. 
So is it, sorry, first let's just speak on how powerful that was because you said um, being a master creator and us, us being able to influence our space or the way that we conduct our space is a reflection of ourselves. What I was curious about is like, can your space affect infertility? Can your space affect um, fighting in a relationship? Can it affect depression? Um, does your space have the power? Once you're, whatever mindset's being reflected, but as it may stay stagnant, um, does it have the power to affect you internally? Like, are there, are way, are, have you had, do you have stories of people who have seen massive changes once they change their space? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I would say you can only give a space as much power as you choose to give it. So we want to remember that we can only give our own space as much power as we choose to give it. And so meaning that if you're inside of a space and you feel that because of the way that you're living, you feel downtrodden, you feel trapped, you feel powerless, or you're stuck in all of these, what are seemingly hard times for yourself, it's likely not the space itself, but it just reflecting into more of a subconscious part of your mind that is grappling with a, a deeper lesson, something that you're needing to open your eyes up and really see for yourself in a new way so that you can learn what it is that you need to and ultimately transform out of what's pulling you down and into something that will support you to stay bright and light and expansive. So there are, you know, other elements to that, you know, add in, you know, if the space has kind of, you know, portals or, or, or vortexes of some sort yeah. for spirit energy to come in, then of course, yeah, that space is going to have more activity. And if you're sensitive, you may feel like you have the ability to tap into that and you may not know always what to do with all that energy. So in fear, we know we give our power away. So we may be ultimately unknowingly giving more space or giving, excuse me, more power to a space than we need to. It's a, there's a twofold of learning the lesson and realizing your own power, but also knowing that you can always transform anything. Mm, okay. Because that was my next question when people ask, you know, did I move into a haunted space? Did I move into an area like is there, there's a dark energy here? Like, can you affect that space and change that energy there? Do you have a, like a, a portal in your space? Like, I mean, when I was growing up, the, the house that we were in, there was definitely spirits in that house. And then um, in my adulthood, um, the house that me and my ex shared, there was a spirit in that house as well. And so, um, you know, in the, what I did, in that house, the, the latter was that I was like, Hey, you, you can live here. You're, you're cool. Like, I don't have, I'm not trying to push you out. Just, you know, chill out, stop knocking my shampoos over. Um, <laughs> like, is there people say that they move into space that has maybe dark energy? Um, huh. Do you have any tips for them uh, about how they can brighten that up? Is there something that they need to do spiritually to clear that energy if it's external from themselves? So, that's a really great, fantastic uh, question. It's a little layered, but I'm going to do my best to answer it in the best way that I can. But essentially, from my perspective, I approach working with spirit and spirit realm, and in particularly around a home that may have a spirit or um, a handful of spirits in it, from the space that there's no good or bad. 
that that is from, uh, in many ways, a human um, context that we put on things based off of our own experience, like watching something like The Exorcist or Ghostbusters, right? Our mind goes, ah, that is so scary. Spirit must be scary. Spirit must be bad. So if we come into a home where we feel the energy is very, very low in vibration, we may have the tendency to want to say, this is bad. But we want to pull back and also recognize it just is. It's an energy and it's here for a reason. And that instead of labeling it as bad because we give it more power when we do that, can we just simply see, okay, there's something here and do we actually want to work with it or not? And do we have the skills and tools to be able to work with it or not? And so if you yourself feel empowered in your spirituality and are able to really stand strong in the uh, knowing that just as an energy and that you can simply ask what it needs and, and what it wants and help it either move out or simply coexist with it. Um, if that's not the case, you can absolutely call in somebody who can certainly come and clear the space and, and help to work to move that energy out. Um, and sometimes though, Aaliyah, these, these spirits don't want to leave, you know, uh, they've oh, had yeah. an impact imprint on the on the home it's been their home or they've lived there you know and essentially we need to be respectful of the the things that we can offer and the suggestions we can make to spirit <laughs> but they also have their own free will um to decide what they want to do so does that answer your question yeah um, because I, then i was uh i'll get deeper and it's a little bit layer to the difference between conscious energy and residual energy because residual energy and the space i feel like uh for for myself it's easier to de delineate which one or distinguish which one it is yeah. um but when i go in and i can feel conscious energy there i'm like i don't mess with that um that's not something i'll like i'll like i'm not gonna push you out i'm not gonna do anything like yeah you chill i'll chill like we're good yeah um, when it comes to residual energy though that's just imprinted um I have a friend, he has a house that like is an, an old, a very old house in a, a really cool neighborhood. And so um, in the, in the attic, I, we walked into, and it's not necessarily an attic in these older homes, the, the top floor, which was quote unquote, the attic is this beautiful high ceiling yeah. room that has the, the, you know, slanted side. Anyway, I just, I geek out on architecture. I love it. <laughs> um, but I walked up there and immediately the, the deep, the depth of the heaviness in my chest when yep. I walked up there and um, you know, my mom used to say, oh, maybe it's dust. You know, you have allergies, so like, you can't breathe. And I'm like, it's not that. Um, but it felt like someone was sitting on my chest. It was such yeah. heavy energy. And I was like, I have to get out of here. So I walked back down to the second floor and I was like, oh my God, what is that? Later uh -huh. to find out that there had been a murder that happened in that yeah. house. And I yeah. was like, oh, right. Well, I'm not going up there anymore. So <laughs> I'm not messing with it because it still felt very present and conscious. Like as soon as we got up there, it was like, Hey, what's up? This is my space. And, and so I was like, okay, right. well, I'm not going to bother you. Um, yeah, that's the first personally how I like deal with that. But, um, the difference between the residual because residual energy and the way that it imprints, there's a way to clear that. Um, I tell people if you don't have somebody who can come in and do that, because what I'll do, I, I went into a girl's home one time with, um, a singing bowl. And I was able to see where areas of uh, dead energy or like stagnant yep. energy was to be able to help open it up and clear it. And then we went through and Sage and Palo Santo and yep. windows and the whole thing. And it was almost like 
and in her stairwell, there was so much thick energy there. Yeah. And um, because it's always stairways or doorways or something like where that, yeah. they kind of go, come and go and, um, and cleared that out. And it was weird. It was almost like the color of the walls changed. Yeah. Really, really bizarre. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, and, and I've done this for clients, you know, who are looking to sell their homes, um, that the home has a soul. It has a, a energy and essence. And that when you move into a home, you make a contract with that home. You make an agreement with that home that you're going to be there for a certain amount of time and that you ha- are going to have these uh, certain experiences that are going to unfold there. So it's almost like you're signing this agreement with another human, right? but we don't think about that in terms of the essence energy of the home and the soul of it. So if you purchase a home that's, you know, a couple hundred years old, then it's had a lot of um, energy passed through, a lot of contracts that it's made, you know, some in its contracts may not have been fulfilled. So people may have had things that have happened like, you know, a murder or uh, an abuse or something that they they didn't foresee that was going to happen inside that home. And the home will hold that energy and it will carry it until we do something like a clearing or um, a removing of that energy. And still, it may take a very powerful person to be able to clear something that has been around for a very long time. I just got the question, um, you know, like, why would a home have a soul? And then a simultaneous answer almost that like the energy in which we build these things and put these materials together creates a type of consciousness. Yes. So I don't know if that's true. I just channeled that. So like, that's what I, I love it. It's absolutely true. You, it comes back to remembering that we are master creators and right. what we put our energy and time into, we create. And so if the intention is to live and create a beautiful home with flow and air and space and Zen, and we stand to hold that intention, that will be what we get. Remember our thoughts are things and what we think we create And so regardless of if spirit energy will come and and take a seat and hang out, and they hang out with me all the time until I tell them I I need my space, and even here in the middle of nowhere. But when I was down in New York, they would follow me around and and jump out at me and want to tell me things all the time. So we want to remember we have power in, in the spirit realm and that they'll listen. We have to be strong, but that there's a big power within ourselves in holding intention and being clear with our own mind. And again, if we think something's scary or we're not able to actually conquer it or in the face of fear, we feel um, that we aren't uh, capable, then that's exactly what we'll get. Right. So what is, what are ways in which, cause I love that you said that about spirits are, it's, it's neutral. Essentially we assign meaning to whether or not it's bad or good based on our social context yeah. um, of like the way we interpret spiritual things. Um, yeah. for me, I, when, as soon as I, as soon as I understood that a few years ago, it wasn't so scary anymore. Someone told me and it said, Hey, you're the one in the body. So yep. you're the one with the power. This is your experience. So anybody else hanging around is trying to get your attention because you're the powerful one. There's not much that they can do to you that you don't sign up for. Exactly. So you agree to and say like, 
oh yes, I'm going to be scared. And I'm going to let you touch yeah. me and this and that or whatever. Um, then, then that will affect you in that way. You make that contract with them. And so at some point I was like, listen, y'all, I, I need y'all to stop standing over my bed. Like we're not going to have that anymore. Um, <laughs> and then I started doing things for my own body to raise my vibration yeah. so that I didn't tune into that station. Um, so what are some, so what are some practical ways that people can transform their space um, sure. that will help? Maybe it's based on feng shui or just some of your experience. Um, yeah. I went into a friend's house yesterday. Actually, we went to Home Goods and I bought a bunch of stuff because like they wanted the, to make their house more cozy. And we went into the bedroom and I was like, okay, the, the, like the flow feels off. And so we rearranged, put, changed the orientation of the bed. Uh, put a lamp in an area to like add some more light in this area and then put the, the cluttery or the necessary things that aren't as pretty and against this other wall. So when you walked in, you didn't see it first. Yep. And so, and it just shifted the energy in there that I was like, I want to hang out in your bedroom. Exactly. <laughs> like the flow was different. Um, and then adding, adding a rug, adding. So what are some helpful tips? And maybe you can go room by room or like in a, in a living space versus a bedroom or whatever, um, how people can transform their spaces that reflect better vibration or uh will support what it is that they're trying to go towards so if a single person it might be different from a couple or feel free to just rant. sure yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this in a unique spin because first and foremost i want people to recognize that it starts with you so even if you hire someone to come in and, and do this transformation in your space you know rearrange things or add new elements and help you pull away things that no longer are feeling um, of alignment to you if we don't stay continually um, in um, a space of self-reflection, the things that we're building up before and the clutter that we felt um, prior to or the feeling of darkness that we had um, that was, you know, sort of bothering us. Um, it will come back. Yeah, it will come back. So, so first and foremost, we always want to reclaim our power and stand in, in our own responsibility to design and make sure that we are consciously in tune with our own selves. So if we want to really redesign our home, we want to perhaps invite a meditation practice in that we allow for us to more deeply be in alignment with our energy, tune into our thoughts and feelings, really allow for us to create space within ourselves so we can feel peaceful and calm within. So I would say that that would be a great way to begin um, to really set forth on intentionally creating a space that really, really matches your vibration and one that you love to be in all the time. And then I would say, you know, as we start to look at our homes and, and the way that we want to set them up, well, it's, it's really a personal preference. But when we look at color design and textures, we know that starting with things that are neutral, like you said, nudes and, and lights um, of tans and things like that, they're great sort of color schemes to begin to set as a foundation. And then you can add splashes of color of your own personal preferences, like reds and blues and yellows um, or greens to really offset what, what grounds you in that neutral color scheme. So that's going to bring like a sense of being grounded or feeling like you have um, an anchor in your home. So color schemes are really important because they help visually bring a person across a room and again can create space in a room where there may not be a lot of space okay 
And so that goes along with looking at the paint, right? right? Some people love to use like bright and bold colors, and that may be really powerful for you. Um, but those colors you want to be really um, aware of because they can have meaning or they can feel um, it or ignite something within somebody like red feels yeah. really, um, really intense for people. Um, a blue feels really calming. So you want to be intentional as far as what you're trying to create in that space. So certainly if you're hosting a lot of dinner parties and you want people to be really active with you, then you might want to choose elements of red or orange or yellow, which are very power colors. Mm -hmm. Or if you want a really healing space, you might want to go for more blues or purples um, or softer tints and hues of, of these colors as it creates more of a calm and peaceful feeling for a human being. Again, things like mirrors, you know, they add, um, they add space and depth and dimension to a room. Um, and I know that there are certain ways that you want to um, place mirrors in the right. room and, and give them um, a sort of a space holding for the room. So definitely look up those feng shui elements. Um, I wouldn't particularly say I have expertise knowledge in exactly how to hang them. I usually do it by just intuition. Yeah. Um, but they're a great way to open up space and keep it like really bright and airy. Um, as well as rugs, you know, like I said, rugs with um, some sort of texture can often create sort of a, a spaciousness or um, bring coziness to, you know, a bigger room or open up a smaller room based on, you know, the texture and design. So there's so many things that you can do, but you open yourself up to these opportunities as you open yourself up to be more quiet and still within yourself. Um, again, if we have a lot going on, then we often won't be able to see sort of beyond what we already have, right? We kind of get stuck in the limitation of our own minds. Yeah. So that's what I would say would be some great tips to think about. And one thing that's coming through really loud is bring the earth inside. So bring plants and flowers and have those sort of textures in your home to serve as a way to open up oxygen and airflow and um, a sense of nature, which is very calming for the human spirit. Mm -hmm. So one thing I do every week is I buy flesh, fresh flowers and, and have them sit on a table. Um, and I have a lot of plants. So that also helps as well. I have a, I have a thing with plants and <laughs> I'm working <laughs> on it because my space is so monochrome and, and just, it's just really, really peaceful. But I'm like, if I throw a plant in here, it's going to mess it up because it's green. <laughs> and so, because I'm so like particular about that color scheme and feeling like, yeah. um, like I'm, I'm really dedicated to it. Um, I have a balcony, which I enjoy and love a lot. So I was like, what I'll do is I'll put all the plants out there because you can still see the balcony from the inside of the living room and yeah. then put a few close to the window where they can get enough light. But I've always had this thing about it. Like eh, they're green and the green is not my favorite <laughs> color. <laughs> so, so it sounds like you might want to do some reframing because do you, yeah. but do you like plants? Do you I enjoy love them? plants? And I was like, I need to find yeah. some flowers or something that I'm attracted to. Like a lavender is like yeah. one of my favorite plants and it's like something that doesn't bloom year round. So I was like, I need to find a way to incorporate that. So I'll go down to Lowe's and look and I get so overwhelmed. I'm like, eh, never mind. I'm not getting anything. <laughs> but anyway, it's just, it's uh, like trying to bring, you're right. Like I wanted to bring a tree in. My sister has this uh, account um, 
called Plant Bay, Curly Pant yep. Plant Bay. Or her name is Chrissy Curly, so that's her whole branding or anything. But oh, cool. um, and she talks like she she will just shit on people who have fake plants <laughs> and it's as a comedic <laughs> thing, not as a judgment thing. Um, right. But I was like, I can't have a fake plant in here because she'll come in here and she'll see it. <laughs> she'll uh-huh, reprimand uh-huh. me. Um, is there is there anything to that about having fake plants versus real plants? Well. Um, the fake plants, they just don't have the, the natural quality. So, you know, plants actually help to bring, you, you know, up rise the air quality. Um, so they're taking in the carbon and they're expelling out oxygen. So you get more oxygen in your home when you have plants. And so, you, you know, it creates a fresher sort of cleaner um, air quality. And that can often influence a person to feel more, you know, in tune and focused um, but if, if your preference is, you know, sort of not having to take care or always being home, maybe you travel more and you don't always have the consistency of watering, or you think I might actually, you know, hurt the plant. Right. And then, That's me. <laughs> right. Which again, you know, just reframing the intention of, you know, sort of everything I welcome into my home is going to flourish and be nurtured in love and, and, and setting it that way can invite a plant that's alive to really grow and prosper in your home versus thinking you might hurt it. But if you really have that um, adversity, then, you know, a plant that is, is fake can, can serve as a, as a beautiful piece that brings um, a sense of grounding to the room and spaciousness as well as, you know, that earthy-like texture that people enjoy and can be a great way to liven up the home. Nice. Is there anything that you see when you walk into someone's home that you look at for their mindset that can, that can signal um, danger or can signal, um, you know, uh, depression or, you know, things, elements in a person who might need help or the things that you can see that are reflected in that? Sure. Well, particularly what I've been, what I've been gifted with is, um, yeah, I see the physical element of a space. So it can be, um, you know, uh, a lot of um, clutter usually indicates to me that there's a lot of uh, conversation, dialogue, chatter, stuff that that individual is um, uh, holding onto or attached to. So they may not have strong boundaries. They may feel weak in their ability to say no. They're constantly always doing things for others and feeling like a doormat. So there's a, there's a whole set of um, things that come along with sort of just an, a visual such as that, that I can look into that and start to hear and understand the inner psyche, the mental and emotional conversation that's happening, which I have an ability to hear that just with people being with them. Um, And as I look into that, I can see soul lessons, you know, knowing their power, holding strong boundaries, being able to see the benefit of saying no, seeing their own value, which if we don't know that can lead to things like depression or feelings of um, being sad or uh, lonely. Um, And so these are very powerful spaces that can get unlocked just by walking into a home. But uh, second thing that happens is um, generally I get, I get stock of the spirits that that person is, is uh, uh, involved with and, and has um, in their home. And sometimes if we don't have clear boundaries in our own lives and we feel overtaken or out of control by our life, 
signaling again that we're not strong in our in our maybe our sense of self we can also have a whole team of spirits hanging around that are aren't always so vibrationally high and they can um, be sort of low and um, kind of new nuisance is to to the the person they may not even know it they just kind of hang out with them and so um, that is something I, I also take a look at and and recognize and just be able to hold space in there. I kind of push these things out. Um, but to be able to empower a person to have their um, own self, sense of self in their home is really important. So it requires learning these aspects of what's been the source of creating these issues over the time, these limitations, really. Nice. Okay. Um, you spoke about frequency. And that's my favorite thing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> High vibe, low vibe, energy, all that good stuff. Um, I have two questions. One is the, the frequency of someone's home. Um, I, I personally believe that objects have frequency uh, uh -huh. individually as well. And so the objects that are chosen in my home, a lot of times I won't actually thrift. Um, I love thrifting, but like uh, when it comes to my own space, it's like, it's difficult for me to decide to bring something in my home that already carries the energy of another. Yeah. Um, that's just personal. Cause I'm, I'm really sensitive to the energy of, of an yeah. object. Like I can feel the energy of this, um, you know, water bottle or whatever, you know, like it's, it's just kind yeah. of the, way, the same way that I feel it with crystals. So I'm yeah. really careful about what I bring into my home. Um, is there something, a way that people, maybe, maybe people love, who love to thrift or get something, buy something from someone else. Is there a ritual that they need to perform on that particular object to clear the energy so it can match their own vibration or will the object of that they're bringing into the home affect the, the energy of the home in totality? Can it bring it down? Oh, beautiful. Really great question there. So, so you do have a choice, you know, and I highly recommend considering, um, a, a clearing of an object if you're going to bring it. And, and to be clear in yourself when you go thrifting, you know, when you feel into an object, you can generally tell if it's been in a space that's been bright and loved and, and enjoy or in a place where it has had, you know, seen better days. And so just intuitively going off of that is really powerful. But as you bring another thing into your home, absolutely, you may want to, you know, find your calm and center within and call in a very powerful light energy and allow yourself to sort of move that energy over the object. You might want to anchor some crystals around the, um, around the uh, furniture and, and bring in Palo Santo and sage as a, as a source of cleansing and clearing. You may have a personal prayer you want to, to say, you know, that all that has been, been carried within this object is now free and is um, now has left the space and home and is cleared now. So certainly there are beautiful things that you can do to ensure that that furniture doesn't carry into the space some past elements. Um, because I've had personal story of my own mom you know she loves to go buy uh things from thrift stores and she bought uh, a uh, little um uh, porcelain doll that you know i guess it was like a big paperweight you would say and after she bought it um there were several things that happened to my mom um she got bit by a dog or, and Ooh. she had yeah she had some there was more fighting between my father and her which they generally are a pretty peaceful couple 
And she said, my intuition kept telling me that doll came with something. And I said, mom, then you need to take the doll out of the space, you know? And, and so she finally got rid of it. And after that, the energy flow of the home actually shifted. Mom and dad got, you know, we're getting along again. And, you know, um, that, that she didn't have this fear that she had carried or that the doll was bringing something into the space that um, wasn't uh, very pleasant. So yeah, those things are real because whatever thing that that doll carried uh, likely was an imprint from an experience that it had. Remember, all objects have soul energy. They have essence. They have consciousness. It's just dependent on what vibration they are in. Yeah. That's, so I, I went into somebody's home one time and I was like, I think your piano is haunted. And she's <laughs> like, girl, shut up. You know, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was like, there's something about this, but it is radiating yeah. energy um, to the point where I, st I started having contact with a man who was there, who was attached yeah. to the piano because the home itself, because everybody's kind of always like, did someone die in the house? And right. that's the only way a house can be. I hate the word haunted. What's another word? Like uh, Maybe embodied by spirit, embodied by spirit. Yeah. Um, and so, and I was like, it's not that, the, that, like, nobody has to die here. In fact, someone could have just lived here, died somewhere yeah. completely, and that, that was their childhood home, and they wanted to come back and visit it or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily stick with the death thing. But I was like, your piano is, like, fucking haunted. And she's like, <laughs> like, okay. So I was, I made contact with the man who, um, who, who was around because she would say, oh, we hear this step, these footsteps all the time down the hallway in the middle of the night. And or she was like, usually it's kind of towards early morning. And so I had had this, this contact and like, obviously I don't, I don't do mediumship as a service, but like when yeah. it does come to me, it's like, Oh, it's right there. And yeah. this man, he was this tall, slender man. I could see him in my third eye and he was telling me, he was like, hi, my name is, we'll say Jacob. Um, yeah. and he was telling me, he says, he says, I've been watching over your children. Um, mm. he, she had two little boys and because he was communicating to me that his two little boys had, had passed away, um, that mm. he was, he'd gone to work early one morning and his wife was still asleep and the kids got up and they had like a lake or something in their backyard or yeah. whatever. So they ran back there and they drowned. Yeah. And so he had always regretted that he had left early that morning for work. And so what she was hearing, um, and apparently he, he was telling me that piano was in the house. Um, yeah. so like what he was telling me is that like, he's, he he walked by that piano in the morning. So he was rehearsing and ruminating over this memory that kept happening. And yeah. she's, she's like, this is, this is crazy. So she started looking more into it. She never followed up with me about it, but um, it was so strong, but she said that the footsteps stopped. I was going to say, sometimes what happens for spirits is that they're not complete with a particular aspect or, or um, um, experience that they had in their lifetime. So they won't feel completely ready to cross over um, or, you know, they feel attached to a particular space because they want to have peace and completion. Um, and so I'm curious, maybe just talking with him and working through the story could have possibly opened him up to see that his kids were on the other side and, and, in, and something that he could make contact with and that he didn't have to be in the home with the piano, you know, in this sorrow, in this regret when he could have completion with what happened in that lifetime. So that's often right. what brings the spirit to a space too. Consciousness. So people, 
guys listening, this is, this is, I think this is so important. I love this conversation. <laughs> um, what do people do when, so it's one thing to have the consciousness of a home that's being built. So someone built sure. a home, they live in a home, maybe the home is a hundred, 200 years or whatever. Um, what do people do when they live in apartments? Um, mm-hmm. I live in like a pre-war type of building. Uh, and I love it because the, the walls are super, super thick. So I don't hear and receive sure. a lot of energy from next door. But when I used to live in New York, they were paper thin and I could feel the energy from the people who live next to me. And I was like, these people are not my jam. So like, what do people do when they're in a rented space where lots of energy comes in over and over and Mm. over, or they don't have control over that space energetically? Yeah. Love that. Well, there's a lot of beautiful techniques. I like to do, um, I like to teach my clients about creating um, an egg-like shape around their bodies. Um, And so that's one way of really getting clear with your energy. So starting with your own um, heart-centered light and growing it outwards and clearing your body and creating that egg-like shape around you so that you feel empowered. And then knowing that once you're in that empowered space, like you said, you're a powerful human being and spirit is coming because they're curious, they want to share, they have something to say, they haven't been complete with something and they're, you know, trapped in some sort of um, experience and you have a choice. You know, you can um, decide if you want to interact or be, um, have a role in it and or you can simply continue to expand that light from your heart center and just create that around your home Mm -hmm. and have it push out over and into the spaces that you are taking up and that also pushes out the energy of any living human beings that can be next door to you or live above you and you just want to make sure that you tune in every you know day or or you know as much as you'd like to 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 make sure your your energy um egg shape is is powerful that nothing's getting in that nothing's coming through and that's a great exercise for personal power and and also playing with energy and so it's something you want to practice to grow strength in because as soon as something comes through, you can go, oh, I didn't invite you. And you can go back and you can do that with human energy. You know, uh, this isn't mine. Thank you very much. So Turn you're, to sender. Yeah, you're, you're creating a very powerful boundary, a strong boundary, which we often forget outplays not just in the spirit world, but in our human life too. Right. I think that's important to notate because people who live with other people, you have a husband, mm-hmm. you have a few kids, you have a toxic sister or whatever, like <laughs> that you can utilize yes. that method as well with them too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are in quarantine or they've been, you know, isolated for some time mm-hmm. and they're feeling the effects of not being able to get, you know, either outside or go into their normal routine or go out or whatever to kind of get release and relief from the people in their home. So do you have any advice for people, um, you know, to, to quickly create good energy in their space so they feel, so they feel good in the midst of having, having to stay in? Sure. Absolutely. And, and that is, making it okay, giving yourself permission to step away from everybody that you're in the home with, if you're quarantined with people and knowing that if they react with, you know, oh, where are you going or what are you doing or how come you're leaving? You need to be able to stand strong in yourself and know that you choosing you is how you can show up a more better and powerful you for yourself and others. So first and foremost, really giving 
giving yourself that permission to be able to take care of you and what you need so that inside quarantine, you're not just taking on everybody's thoughts and feelings and emotions as many empathic and sensitive people tend to do. And as humans, we're hardwired to sponge what we um, are around. And so really giving yourself that um, yes, that it's okay, I take a step back, whether that's even in the home or going outside for a walk or putting on your favorite music or diving into maybe a five-minute meditation. Those kinds of practices will keep you more empowered and clear in yourself, which will lend itself to bouncing back from any adversity with more resilience um, and more sense of direction of being on a path that feels really positive for you. So beautiful, beautiful. Um, I had a funny question. <laughs> I was like, what's the <laughs> color of the year? <laughs> Say that again. What's That's the like, one? What's your Pantone color of the year? <laughs> what's my Pantone pillar of the year? Yeah. Um, so, so what am I standing in like super strong for my year? Is that what you mean? Um, like just the color, like pink color that you would like. <laughs> oh, oh, my pink color. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. Um, my pink color is, ah, oh, I love like an ocean blue. I love that ocean blue color and, um, and really its expansiveness that it brings and its sense of calm and um, it just, yeah, that ocean blue is my color yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So before we go, can you like give your last uh, bit of advice or what you feel like your is coming through your heart right now for the collective? Oh yeah, beautiful. Um, the biggest thing that I have been channeling and and really working with is this incredible um, uh, opportunity we have to really reclaim our power to be our brilliant selves. And I think that often we forget how much we place the value of another person's opinion and reaction of us and really define ourselves through the lens of others and how it is so important right now to be able to really look into yourself and decide who do you want to be and how do you want to show up in the world? And through those questions, define your own core values and stand by them no matter what. Because as you do that, you become your own master creator and you are living your life by your design. And no matter what happens around you, you're powerful. And so that's that would be my collective message. And and that spirit is here. We, we they love you and they're and they're ready to to guide you into that experience for sure and lead you to the right people to do that to be your guide. So beautiful. Um this is the first time we on this show talked about home spaces and things like mm -hmm. that, which I totally geek out on. So thank you so much for talking to us today about that. Yeah, absolutely. Go. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you and what are you promoting right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a beautiful community that I'm building um, where people can come and, and, and receive content almost daily and get, you know, free ways to experience the work that I do. And so I'd love to send over everyone to my Facebook uh, community. It's called Empowered Souls. Um, and you can also check out my Instagram. It's at Elizabeth M. Tripp. And certainly I have my website, 
It's my first and last name, Elizabeth Tripp. And there you can get um, a life design quiz to see if you're really ready to be this master creator for yourself and design a life that you love. Um, and ultimately that will lead you to a space where you can come along with me, where I'm really hosting these amazing one to few programs, these group coaching programs. I have one starting on July 8th um, where it's called Be Empowered and where essentially we're going to be talking about um, the journey of empowering yourself and, and what that looks like and giving you strategies and tips to build your confidence and the benefits of boundaries and the, the reasons for saying no and yes to yourself, um, as well as deep diving into communication and why that's so important um, for yourself in relationship to others and your family and your community. Um, and so that's my biggest uh, project on hand. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did because I love to geek out on spaces. And I do think that yeah. way, especially right now, like the way that your space feels and looks, it, it should be infusing you with more energy. It should, it should empower you. It should make you feel like you can you know, face the world in a big and powerful way. And so uh, I, I invite you to kind of evaluate your space and evaluate um, kind of Marie Kondo. I love, I love her. Um, like what's <laughs> yeah. valuable to you? Does it bring you joy? Um, is, is this something you feel good in? Do you feel good about? And looking at and, and doing the work, digging under all those clothes or, or boxes or whatever to, to clear that space and make a more expansive energy for you to be able to recharge. So Thank you again for listening to the show. If you like the show, share it with somebody that you love. And don't forget to rate five stars and subscribe. We will see you in the next episode. Bye. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at the lovely Leah for daily content and inspiration.